I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about how a tool we use to keep clean might need a little cleaning of its own, the wild intelligence of wild crows, and the case of the missing black holes. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. A new analysis of over a dozen studies has revealed an uncomfortable truth. Your toothbrush is gross. My toothbrush? Why were they analyzing my toothbrush in a dozen studies? I mean, it it seems important, Nate. People want to know. Okay, well. Okay, but no, not just yours. Potentially, every used toothbrush out there is chock full of all kinds of bacteria. By some counts, there could be millions of tiny bacteria on a single toothbrush, including germs like the flu virus, staph bacteria, E. coli, yeast fungus, and even the strep virus. Mm, So, I brush my teeth twice a day with that germ-infested nightmare stick? How am I not sick all the time? (laughs) Well, to be blunt, our mouths aren't the cleanest places in the first place. They are flush with microorganisms that our saliva and our immune systems can totally handle. Plus, plaque is created by bacteria, so every time you brush your teeth, you're literally putting bacteria from your teeth onto your toothbrush. I never thought of it that way. Gross. Right? So, the studies in this analysis show that toothbrushes become contaminated even after the first use, and the contamination just gets worse and worse every time you brush. But I rinse my toothbrush. Isn't that enough? Now that I say that out loud, it doesn't sound like much. Yeah, it's a great start, but it's not just the bacteria in your mouth that's the problem. Okay, but like, my toothbrush isn't going to the mall or out for dinner. Like, the only place it goes is in my mouth. Like, where... Would all of these other germs come from? Uh-huh. Where does your toothbrush live? In the bathroom. Yeah. So, the hot, humid bathroom. I mean, mm. think about it. You don't store your silverware in there, do you? Well, not anymore. Gross. We're going to reorganize your house later. That's not the point. Moving on. Anyways, germs from the sink, from the cup from where you keep your brush, and yes, even from the toilet, can lead a full-scale attack on those soft bristles. And if you keep your toothbrush in any kind of case, the humidity and lack of airflow creates the perfect environment for bacteria to grow. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? Like, bleach the toilet germs off my toothbrush every time? Trust me, the bleach would be much worse for you than the germs. It might sound gross, but the fact is we rarely get sick from our toothbrushes. Like I said, our bodies and our immune systems can handle the kind of bacterial load we get from brushing. But that said, there are some things we can do to cut the germs. Uh, I'm guessing and hoping that at least the first step is to rinse it, right? Absolutely. You need to give it a good solid rinse every time you brush. Most of us probably do that already. But experts say that the actual first thing to do is wash your hands, even before you brush. Mm, You do it before you eat, do it before you brush. That makes sense, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And store your brush away from the toilet and close the lid on the toilet when you flush. Don't flush on the brush. Got it. Gross, but yes. <laughs> you could rinse your toothbrush in hydrogen peroxide or alcohol-based mouthwash and always make sure it has the chance to dry out. So remember, bacteria loves moisture. For that matter, it's a good idea to store your brush upright so the moisture has a chance to drain. Okay, so here's a thought. Why don't they just make antibacterial toothbrushes? Maybe we could invent one and strike it rich. (laughs) They may have already beat you to it. According to the review, toothbrushes with bristles infused with charcoal actually have better bacteria-fighting power. Okay, I guess hmm, I'll keep my day job, (laughs) where I just learned that toilet germs have been infecting my toothbrush this whole time, and I didn't even realize it. (laughs) You were destined to tell amazing science stories to curious audiences. It's true. There is no place I'd rather be. Except maybe in my bathroom cleaning out my toothbrush. Mm. Oh, you can do that after work. It is official from now on. Calling someone a bird brain is actually a good thing. Yeah, I think the last time someone was called a bird brain, Leave it to Beaver was still dropping new episodes. Mm, You may have a point there. But it might just be time to bring it back because a new study has found that crows have the ability to use statistical logic. Okay, I don't even think some humans can do that. We've talked about mathematicians using logic to slice cakes and even toddlers using logic to solve puzzles before they can even speak, but now it's crows? Yep, and the thing is, their intelligence is no secret. Right, I I mean, I remember hearing about how they're actually able to use tools. Absolutely, they're incredible animals. It's said that they're the only non-primate to create new tools to get what they want. In other words, while lots of species do use tools, These guys will invent new ones. In one study, a crow used heavy objects to lift the water level in a jar so it could nab a floating treat. That's pretty smart. That is pretty smart. Like, I don't know if I would have figured that out. (laughs) (laughs) They also can mimic speech. People have actually reported feeling that when they talk to crows, the crows actually caw back at them as if they're having a conversation. A crow called Canuck the Crow in Vancouver, British Columbia even had close relationships with a handful of locals and was able to use the local mass transit system. (laughs) Okay, so where did he keep his metro card? Something tells me he's probably smart enough to figure out how to get around the turnstiles. And they have been known to have impromptu funerals for their fallen feathered friends. I'm sorry, did you say funerals? I did. When one of them spots a downed crow, it will often perch somewhere above it and call wildly until others have gathered. For a while, they'll sit quietly and then suddenly burst out in a cacophony of cause. And then, just like that, they leave. Huh. So all of this is really incredible, but you said this new study has shown they actually do statistics? That part seems hard to imagine. Well, when you consider their intelligence and the way the study unfolded, it actually sounds a lot more reasonable. So the study was published in Current Biology, and it's pretty cool. Basically, statistical reasoning is just the ability to judge the likelihood of something happening or not happening. It's a little more complicated than that, but a good way to think about it is, you know, if you imagine going out to dinner with a bunch of your friends. I'm assuming human friends, right? Yeah, the the crows were busy that night. Anyway, (laughs) you all have a choice between two restaurants. One of them is bigger than the other one, and it has more tables. Because you're going out with a group, it's not a big leap to think you'd be more likely to be seated there, so... That's where you go. Sure, got it. So we're not guaranteed to see it anywhere, but our statistical reasoning tells us we probably have a better shot at getting a table at the bigger place. Exactly. And that's essentially how they tested the crows. 
They trained two crows to peck at touchscreens in order to select a specific image. Different images were associated with different odds of getting a tasty treat. So they didn't get a treat every time they pecked these images? No, but some images were more likely to be linked with a treat. So maybe they have to peck one image ten times to get one, but the other image they only have to peck three times. And the image they peck three times has a higher probability of giving them a treat, so I assume they figured that out. Oh, not only did they figure out which one was more likely to deliver snacks, the researchers kept them away from the images for a whole month and then tried again. And they remembered which ones gave them more treats? Sure did. Okay, so what is going on here? What makes crows so different from other birds? Not just other birds. Crows and ravens, birds called corvids, are thought by some to be about as smart as seven-year-old humans. I mean, tools, funeral statistics, I'm, I'm starting to believe it. Well, it turns out they have large brains with especially pronounced forebrains, which just so happens to be associated with statistical and analytical reasoning in humans. And it's that reasoning, researchers think, that allowed them to thrive in urban areas around humans. They're what's known as exploiters. They don't just put up with us. They actually figured out a way to use human society to flourish. I mean, I'm impressed. And I'm impressed with you. You're a real bird brain. Mm, now that I hear it out loud, I'm not so sure we should bring it back. Yeah, I was trying to be nice, but no, no, that, that one should probably go away. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Astronomers peering billions of years into the past, far, far into the depths of the universe, using images from the powerful James Webb telescope, discovered that something was missing. Black holes. Hmm, so you're saying there was a black hole where the black holes should be? <sighs> There's a black hole where that joke should be. But, uh, <laughs> actually, you're sort of right. Okay, hang on. So I thought they had discovered a ton of black holes. Are you saying the ones they found are just gone? Okay, not exactly. So, this story really takes place about four to six billion years ago. But before we travel that far back in time, let's talk a little bit about something called an active galactic nucleus. I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. I couldn't agree more. And it is awesome. Like, it's awesomely huge. They happen when a supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy starts gobbling up everything in its path and emits enormous jets of light and wind. In fact, these active galactic nuclei, or AGNs, are one of the reasons we can detect black holes in the first place. If it isn't being fed, it isn't shooting out these jets and is basically undetectable. Oh, the poor unfed black hole just sitting in the corner of the universe party trying not to make a fuss. Mm, wallflowers, really. Okay, so supermassive black holes can be millions or even billions of times more massive than our sun, and they exist in all large galaxies. When they reach AGN status, they can become brighter than every single star in their galaxy combined. Okay, so these supermassive black holes eat and eat and eat and get really loud. Kind of sound like teenagers. <laughs> 
Okay, it's funny you should say that because astronomers recently turned the super powerful James Webb telescope towards a region of space called the Extended Groth Strip. That is another amazing name. Mm -hmm. Where there are somewhere around 50,000 galaxies. They were peering back about 7 to 10 billion years ago when the universe was basically in its teen years. They expected to see a ton of supermassive black holes just spitting out gobs of energy. Mm, Like teens do. Yeah, you know some weird teens. Anyways, they assumed this was kind of the heyday of the universe's star-making phase, but there just wasn't all that much there. Were any of these uh, active galactic, what'd you call them? Active galactic nuclei. Ah. Yes. They said there was a smattering of them, but not nearly as many as they expected. So what does that mean? Well, first and foremost, it means that the James Webb Telescope is totally bonkers at seeing into the universe. It's like we've upped our eyeglass prescription and we're testing out the new specs. But this finding is leading us to more unexpected questions. Like, where did all these black holes we thought we'd see go? Did they miscalculate? Or maybe these supermassive black holes just aren't growing as rapidly as scientists thought? Seems like a black hole can of worms. Oh my goodness. Yes, but any way you look at it, these questions and the new observations will lead not only to a better understanding of how galaxies are formed, but of the fabric of our entire universe. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. A new paper suggests that your toothbrush is a hotbed of bacteria with contamination starting after the first use. But fear not, bacteria from our brushes rarely makes us sick, and charcoal bristles and mouthwash rinse can help keep the germs at bay. New research reveals that crows have more than just bird brains. They can actually perform statistical reasoning, challenging the stereotype that these black birds are omens of doom rather than masters of logic. The James Webb Space Telescope took a peek back in time and found that ancient supermassive black holes were less hungry than expected, leaving astronomers scratching their heads over how these cosmic beasts grew so big so fast. This galactic mystery reminds us that the universe still has many surprises up its sleeves, even for our most powerful telescopes. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 